1: been working this week so you know (laughs) it's okay to be tired you you're working and doing this yes
2: speaking of work welcome to another edition of the lucha central weekly podcast this is the podcast that lets you know all the latest happening in the world of lucha libre each week our team discusses news and events from this past week as well as preview the week ahead covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, iHeart pod bay and speaker and we have just recently been added to the Chairshot radio network so you can also find this on the Chairshot.com. i'm miranda morales one of the co-hosts of the lucha central weekly podcast and let me bring in my two team members introducing first he is the dashing one mr dusty murphy dusty how's it going today
3: oh, it's going great how's it going for you miranda
2: I'm doing very, very well as uh you know, anyone who catched the beginning of the show noted, uh not enough five hour energy drinks in the world apparently right now <laughs> to help me out. Uh and I've been trying, so um you know, we'll we'll see how this show goes for me tonight. Uh but we can't do this show without the third member of this trio team and that's who? Who?
1: Who? Who?
2: It is the one and only Brendan Barr.
1: That's who Oh, man, you totally could do it without me, but I appreciate you trying to pretend like you couldn't.
2: No, this is a team <laughs> effort. This is our trios. Absolutely. This is our our team. So I'm so happy, as always, that we get to do this together. Speaking of stuff that we did together, we watched Expo Lucha this past Saturday. Heck, yeah, um, we did. We did the, the whole shebang, and no. we did a wrap-up of Expo Lucha on Saturday as well. You can find that on uh, lucha central's youtube page um in that we kind of did a wrap up with summary of, of a lot of topics that were talked about including the interview some of the fun segments um and the announcements that were shared but there were a few things that we didn't have time to mention that we wanted to take today to talk about especially at the opening of this show so i'm going to hand it off to brendan um, and dusty to mention just a few things about expo lucha that we didn't get to talk about during the wrap-up
1: well we skipped the whole first segment there which was the what the heck is nft Uh,
3: yes (laughs) yeah the non-fungible tokens
1: i uh I, i felt really bad about it because the 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 uh, interviewee was immediately on YouTube. He had watched the wrap-up, and he commented right away, so we apologize profusely. We weren't overlooking you. It was a long day. Um, <laughs> I was very interested by the whole concept of non so tokens tokens. Cool. Yeah. And then I went and looked at the news stories on it. This is a, becoming a big deal in technology, and 100%. it's kind of – it's kind of divisive. Some people are calling it a pyramid scheme, uh, but other people are saying this is the future of uh, of artist empowerment because of like things they talked about there, where an artist can put this and non say what is what what does NFT stand for again, Dusty? I'm sorry.
3: I think it's non fungible token.
1: Okay, uh, so they can put that the, this mark on something, and they can if they set it up the way from what they were saying during this interview they set it up the 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 artist can get royalties for every time that changes hands so even if like um a russian bot buys this thing to try and sell it for millions of dollars the artist can turn around can still get a payoff when that russian bot sells it later so i mean you know it's it's a so, very interesting concept yeah uh, and Master Public is trying to get in on this. That was part of the reason this was on oh. our, uh, on, on the Expo Lucha is they will be having a series of, of art and posters and other, uh, possibly even comic books. I don't, I mean, he didn't say that out loud, but I, I, I caught some hints there. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so they, they're hopping onto this NFT uh, train. I'm not going to call it a bandwagon. I think it's a train moving at full speed at this point. And, uh, uh, they want, they wanted to, to get people in on the ground floor. So I believe you can still go to Mass Republic's web pages and find the link and, and, uh, Sign up for the email releases and they will let you know when stuff is happening. They're going to give a few freebies away. Uh, well, at least one in the first 48 hours after Mass Republic goes live. There'll be a poster that anybody who pre-signed up can will get for free. So there's your reason yeah. to sign up ahead of time.
4: Very cool. That
2: is awesome. Yes, and we'll be getting more into the matches that we saw uh, a little bit later on, um, but there's a great article on LuchaCentral.com that gives a wrap-up uh, as well of all of the things that were covered um, during Expo Lucha. So go to LuchaCentral.com, um, and, of course, check out a wrap-up video Um we did cover a, a lot of stuff, um, as far as our thoughts and views of things that, that, you know, st- stuck out to us and, and captured our attention. Um, but Expo Lucha for the love of Lucha was a, a really great expo. Um, a lot of fun with some fantastic interviews. Um, Really cool matches, a great blend of, you know, true independence and kind of big time matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the panels were great as well um, and just so, so much more. So you can watch the full Expo Lucha on uh, Lucha Central's YouTube page um, and you can fast forward, rewind, go forward, backwards throughout the whole thing. Um, including the Ring of Love uh, Game there we show go. which I hosted That's my favorite
1: part yes, yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to let you off it's like You were going to try and transfer I'm going to be like no we're talking about you doing the Ring of Love <laughs>
2: Yes, yes no, that, I, I was your uh, Game show hostess with the mostess As I helped a uh, Lucha Libre fan Lizzie help find her Love within three uh, Luchador bachelors um, Which included Black Taurus Mr. Iguana, and Bad Dude Tito. So it's a great segment. You can watch it uh, online at uh, the Lucha Central YouTube page. You can see who ended up winning Lizzie's Heart. And uh, an announcement from Kevin Kleinrock as well um, is that the date was originally scheduled to be a virtual date. However... Looks like plans are still a go for a live Expo Lucha in Philadelphia this June. So the plan is now to have that date be in person in June. So, uh, yeah. yeah, check out ExpoLucha.com for information about the next Expo Lucha that is scheduled for June 10th and 11th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
1: At the historic arena, too. Yeah. It's gonna Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's unfortunate. It was supposed to be there last year for the anniversary of ECW signing, bringing in all of the luchadors, but, you know, stupid pandemics happened, and so we're getting yeah. it a year late, but it's still in the historic arena. It still has that significance. Uh Definitely going to be a very cool event.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, make sure you check out ExpoLucha.com for more information. Of course, LuchaCentral.com as well. And keep listening to this show because you know we're going to give you the updates on everything happening with Expo Lucha in the future. Uh, Up next, though, we've got to kick off our shows the way we've always been doing it, and that is the road back to shows with Brendan.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, so this was an interesting week. So we're going to start the way we always start. Mexico City is still orange. Um the, the reason that that is relevant though is this week or during this news cycle for us, uh, there was a small little protest in Mexico City of about 50 luchadores, including, uh, Fantasma himself, who were trying to petition the government to allow Lucha Libre to happen. Um they, they basically have, we're pointing out that they've got many luchadors who've been honest and, and doing things the way they're supposed to and not going to secret shows and all that other stuff have not had an opportunity to work in just about a year now. So, you know, they, they're, uh, a little anxious to get back to their, their craft, their passion. And, uh, that was kind of what, what was going on there. Um, Phantasma, and this is, Santos Escobar's father, also the commissioner of Lucha Libre. So, just for people who <laughs> are not clear, there's, there's, that's, uh, Fantasma said he is, uh, hoping about 15 days that they, we might start seeing some Lucha Libre, which is kind of leading to other things too. That leads into me reminding everybody that CMLL is doing a closed doors i pay-per-view this weekend uh by the time you hear this it will be just about time to watch that i pay-per-view but if you uh if you need help getting tickets uh, getting the tickets set up it's on ticketmaster mexico's site it is a non video on demand option so you're going to have to be able to watch it live or you're going to be kind of out of luck uh, but we will have results on Lucha Central, so if you miss it, we will have your updates for you. Um, so, yeah, so we've got that for sure is going to happen. There's talk about empty arena shows, but also, also there's talk about having, you know, 30% capacity shows start happening again. Uh Dusty's been following what things AAA's been doing, and CMLL will hopefully be uh c m l l makes their the most money when they can have butts and seats and people buying s- snacks and t shirts and other things in the arena, so they definitely want to have fans back in the show in the arena so they we will keep you informed on how that plays out uh fifteen days is what phantasma was promising, but uh you know i mean it's up to the mexican government and and sometimes things Move at the speed of bureaucracy, so'll we'll keep you up to date on that uh in uh, speaking of bureaucracy and government uh unfortunately, for our amusement, Blue Demon and Caristico have quietly been removed from the ballots for for their political races. Tennieblis is still on board, but uh both Blue Demon and Caristico have been removed from the ballots uh the party representative when asked about it said that this was more to do with uh with the uh internal voting and the uh the people that were in, uh, involved in the party thought that other candidates might be a better fit for the job. They uh there's some speculation that it may be related to all of the talk of you have to use your real names. We know that Blue mm-hmm. Demon, that was kind of a stopping point for him and probably yeah. Curistico as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's interesting. I mean, and of course, there's also to be uh, to be fair, and all of the involvement on it. There's also speculation that Blue Demon was ta- being taken off the ballot because of the accusations put up against him by his wife,
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is just generally not a good look for the beginning of a, a political cycle. So, um, just all honesty on that. But the net effect is still the same. There, they don't seem to be moving forward with the election with those two so it's it's down to you tinny ablis i i'm i believe in you <laughs> um and then i just a uh, quick little i didn't have a lot on this but i i heard this rumor that uh Daga was having some instagram pictures posted from florida which uh is kind of a hub for wrestling right now so i'm very if if this is true we could see him pop up now and again in some places, and I am down with that idea. I don't know about you guys.
3: Yeah, that's exciting. He yeah. has a very fluid style that I think <laughs> would work well with the American style. Well, is it has, a, like on Impact.
1: And stuff. Yeah, I
2: was going to yeah. say. And I think is is um, one of those pictures, the one that's been circulating with him and Tessa, training with Bailey and Sasha?
1: Uh, that is definitely one of the pictures. <laughs> That's the yeah. one that's
2: getting a lot of that most traction for multiple reasons, uh, but yeah, yeah especially uh, Dog has been more uh active as far as working a lot more recently on independent shows, so um it does make sense that you know we're we're seeing him more, but you know, let's be honest that that is the 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 picture that's been getting so much buzz recently.
1: Yeah, uh just him in Florida in general is is uh, enough to start the speculation train running cuz sure. you know, both major companies are operating out of out of there yeah. and uh and a bunch of indies are there. Uh, mm-hmm. uh we're still getting ready for uh WrestleMania week which will have a number of indie cards and if yeah. he's there, that means he could pop up in a number of shows in one week. Um yeah, the- yeah
3: possibilities exciting. are exciting there yeah. so yeah. multifaceted with his talent and also so much going on yep and it'll if, be interesting if, to see if he and Tessa are a package deal or if it's just him or i think that'll be interesting for his trajectory going forward as well
1: i i mean i don't want to I, I don't want to to say that he would do better on his own uh, <laughs> hand down.
3: Yeah, that's that's kind of what but, I didn't want to say, but I 100% yeah. agree he would do better on his own.
1: <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's kind of always true. Like trying to bring somebody along with you just means that if the person isn't interested in that other person, for whatever reason, yeah, you know, say, you know uh, then then it's it's a harder it's a harder buy so who knows uh i i yeah I, I think uh i think it would be a fine deal i think a lot of people could do a lot of good things with tessa as well but uh definitely i think if uh if if it can push came to shove the 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 just one of them i think DACA should be okay with with saying sorry but uh this is my career i got to worry about here yeah
2: I'm I'm sure they're both at that level. Um, To to be honest, I you know, even though they both left impact, I think uh, going forward in the future that each one of them respectively is going to evaluate which options are going to be best for them, because this, you know, really will be the next step. Um, Mm -hmm. And that may look different for both of them. You know, whatever is next is one step closer to, you know, yeah whatever big milestone is next in their careers
1: well yeah i mean so we'll just use a little quick fantasy booking here on that uh tessa showing up in aew would be a huge move for her career Mm -hmm. and a huge move for aew whereas daga showing up in aew he may not be as high up on the card as as uh, she would be correct so so it would be you know there would be reasons to experiment with that and yeah. That that's what we're saying. I am not in any way disparaging either of those two. I think they both have fantastic uh upsides for any company that wants to work Great. with them. Yeah. But that is my indie roundup. Oh, sorry, no, that is my road back to shows. I'm looking at the next segment already. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the indie roundup. All right, so uh indie roundup we uh i'm just pretty much going to focus on the great expo lucha matches we had so we, uh, as we talked about at the top of the show there was kind of um, a mix of indie content that uh was from a master public pay-per-view that had never before been given away for free and uh and then there was brand new never before seen lucha time content uh I'm just gonna go over this. Uh, some people may have been wondering why I keep doing recaps of Lucha Time, so I'm gonna do give you the whole the whole pitch here. Lucha Time is a indie promotion operating out of Monterey. They are, uh, the, which is which is the north. What we've talked about with Cherry uh, Villagrana before about how they're they have their own kind of wrestling culture. They've produced a number of, of uh, lucha legends in that general region, and uh, they're kind of using that tradition to bring in students for sure. Um, and, uh, and they are looking at uh, sometime in 2021 to start a small cycle of matches here in the United States. And Kevin hasn't given me a lot of details on it yet, but there's something brewing with the mass Republic. Like he's, mm-hmm. uh he's dropped that hint before he said a couple of times that he's going to get stuff. And then we got these exclusive matches out of them for this. So, Sure. Definitely. One of the reasons why I've been watching their product and keeping an eye on them is because I'm kind of waiting to see what big things pop out of this. So we got one, two, three, four different matches out of Lucha Time. Uh, we had a six-man match with King Rex, uh, Ray Leon, and Mr. Puma versus Kratos, Dragon King, and Alex Black. Uh This is kind of a a standard match for them they they have these six guys plus a couple other guys that they usually do uh in either uh, in either traditional tag matches or sick men's tag matches usually somewhere in the middle of the card they're all very good good guys they're all they they all have good chemistry together so I felt like they were really trying to put a good foot forward by giving you these six guys and a good, like, ten minutes worth of action. Um, I think this might have been your guys' first time to see this. Do you have any uh, uh matches that popped into your head where any of the wrestlers, did they stand out? or Doesn't uh, have to be this match. I'm
3: just... <laughs> lucha time had the mummy right
1: yeah yes. the mummy yes.
2: they had whoever was it the t-rex the dinosaur yeah i kind of <laughs> was like this is the wish version of luchasaurus um little,
1: he was a little like the wish version of luchasaurus yeah uh yeah you had uh i believe that was dragon king that was that came out yeah yeah um the tree yeah it yeah, in the trios match, and then the the mummy was in a match with H- Hijo de Dos Caras. So this is yeah. um, Alberto's brother. Alberto's brother. He's the uh, he he's he's kind of the the invading bad guy in the promotion. So that match with him and the mummy was like him, uh, kind of being like an the outsiders for those that are looking back to the old WCW days. Kind of the, kind of that sort of gimmick was going on. Um and, uh, I'm gonna, there's one other match that I thought, that I really liked. There was, uh, Promo, Promateo and Baby Extreme. And Baby Extreme is one that Jerry said is somebody to keep an eye on, somebody that I've been uh, seeing big things from. Kevin said this is a, a big one. So if you guys watch one of the Lucha Time matches and it's not the mummy, <laughs> um, it, <laughs> It's, it probably should be this baby extreme match. He's a, he's a hot up and comer and I think he's going to be one of the next big talents that comes out of Monterey. And then the one match we haven't talked about yet is, uh, we had Origin, Toxin, Epidemus, and Fulgore in a four-way match, which again is just kind of a big chaotic match. So, uh, Lucha Time has has like a couple of different flavors that they do. They have got a uh, heavy brawling, some heavy brawling guys. They've got these young high flyers and that's what you were getting kind of out of that four way is origin toxin Epidemus, and full are all guys that will find any excuse to jump, to jump to the top turnbuckle and throw themselves at somebody and hopefully they hit somebody. But because you're watching young guys that are not always, uh not always uh as, as, Safety conscious as the veterans as, as how I'm going to put this. Sometimes they will miss. And that was you got a little hint of that in this match, too, that there were some s- splashes and, and over the top rope moves that uh, just went straight to the canvas on the outside. But um, yeah, so that was we got the We got four really good matches out of Lucha time. And then we had a couple a couple more matches off of this Mass Republic card. And we all talked about this. There was uh, there was one standout, which was the main event, uh, L.A. Park, Doctor Wagner.
5: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? chime in on that one
1: real quick
2: mm-hmm. I, I mean that was a, a, a just a fun match to watch and being able to see those two legends in the ring with that dynamic I know uh, um, Dr. Wagner's uh, ma- a mask was very much in play um, with that that was something that was like yes. you know trying to get pulled off which I think you had mentioned uh, Brendan had alluded to a mask versus mask match that like at one point seemed like it was going to be planned but also didn't look like it was ever going to happen um so that yeah. made sense after you told me that like that's that's why yes. there was so much of that mask uh play in in the match
1: yeah both sides Wagner was trying to take uh Parks mask off too yeah. and they were you know, they definitely were building they still say they want to do a mask versus hair match Ooh, that'd but, be cool uh, It it has, they have to be in the same place at the same time for longer than than a cup of coffee for that to happen, but it would be very cool. Uh, as, as people who are fans of these wrestlers might figure, this was mostly a a brawl. And as Miranda mentioned, there was a lot of, uh, spots around the mask. I believe, uh, I believe at least one of them, the mask came off, but there was not a foul called to, to end the match. It's a little more. This uh American ref is a little more forgiving of uh taking off masks than they, they might be in, in Mexico. Fun match. Um another one that was fun for me was was uh the Matt Cross when he was the Spartan Matt Cross against Cassandro. So you yeah. had you had this kind of very interesting yes. storytelling going on with uh this hyper masculine Matt Cross character and Cassandro and everything that cassandra brings to the table and uh you I, I you were thinking like like they talked about in the cassandra interview or at least i was okay this is going to be the thing where cassandra is going to use speed and, and technical ability to to get an advantage on that but no yeah. uh, uh cassandra did a lot of uh just going toe-to-toe with mm-hmm. with matt cross and and that really worked for for getting pulling you into the match a lot it did, more yeah.
3: absolutely mm-hmm. he made it look effortless, yes, I mean Centro yes. is a fantastic wrestler and worker, like just the the crispness and the the fluid mm-hmm. fluidity of his work is so impressive when you <laughs> see him in a setting like this.
2: Well, and it's great that they had this match in particular, shown because it goes into the interview he did with Denise Salcedo, and she specifically asked him about his training and background and how he really changed the perception of exalt where, you know, uh, Cassandra mentioned that when he was growing up and training, he was trained to be a wrestler. And the exotical character and persona just came more from his own personality, but that he made it a point too to not just go in the ring and be flamboyant but actually work and I feel like that in is very, very clear in this match and what makes him stand out, and even just changing the way that people view exoticals and how they even train is. You know, being able to be very technical and uh, a great work rate in in their performances in the in the ring. So I felt like this match in particular was great to showcase what they talked about in his interview. Uh, Yeah, I think this was later on.
1: Well, it was the interview was right after that. Okay. yeah, yeah. It was a it was direct and and I really liked that that was how they lined up on Expo Lucha. We got that match and then we got the interview, so you really could see and have that in your head while Cassandra was talking about all of those those facts that he was trained to be a luchador, not an exotico. He wanted to go out and really bring and bring. A, he was he was being a wrestler and doing the best thing that wrestlers can do which is finding something of themselves turning it all the way up to 11 and making that kind of their their signature look and feel and yeah, uh, yeah. and that's the, yeah you could really see it in that match which is what i thought and i mean i didn't even remember matt cross being spartan matt cross but it like because they it, that was such a nice Touch to have this hyper masculine character to to play off of Cassandra that way too. Yeah. Um, and then of course there was uh, the the match that I told everybody to stop talking to me. There was Solar versus Negro Navarro. I I have seen these guys uh, live at Expo Lucha going toe to toe. I saw I I watched this one. It's something new and something different every time and and it, that's it's part of the fantasticness of this. Um you uh you have two technical masters who are from that very old school lucha style which almost nobody associate in the United States associates with lucha anymore because of the 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 kind of acceptance of the this West Coast lucha and this and the Texas lucha to mm-hmm. use Mirandas. I'm never going to let that go, Miranda. You yeah, I think
2: <laughs> like, that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: That's just how sometimes I need to break things down. Uh, just so geographical, just kind of sometimes put them in their respective buckets.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, that, that's for me. I just got to simplify things because, you know, I'm a squirrel. I just get I just get distracted <laughs> but, too easily.
1: Uh, yeah, and but these guys represent... Old school Mexico City wrestling, which, you know, like I say, it doesn't come up here as much as I would like it to. They brought – Mass Republic brought – and a couple other people brought Blue Panther. Uh, Negro Navarro comes up, uh, up here and teaches, so we get the privilege of seeing him. And Solar, Solar Jr. will do indie shows in the States. But a lot of the time, they're not going against each other because, you know – you can't afford to put two legends on your card all the time. It's just yeah, <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, I, I I really appreciated this. This was uh, it was a it's a no-brain booking. You put them somewhere near the top of the card, and you let them just go at it. And the crowd is just gonna eat it up, especially at a mass republic or a lucha centric kind of crowd. They all have the knowledge to be blown away by this kind of match. Instead of thinking this is the time to go. Refresh your soda. Um, and then uh, I'm gonna uh, we'll swing back around to. I, I don't know if we can call him a friend of the show, but Ultimo Panda was on the, the card as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, we a kind frenemy of enemy of
3: the show, maybe. Yes, yeah. yeah, <laughs> enemy.
1: We kind of spent a lot of time trash talking. <laughs> um, but Ultimo Panda and Latino <laughs> Dragon, Dragon were in. Born. A match oh, against Halloween Frightmare. And I mean, once again, Ultimo Panda does always make me realize that I need more panda wrestling in my life. So. <laughs>
2: That's true. You, you never know how much yeah. uh, you need until you get it, and you realize right. you want more.
1: Yeah, like I mean, uh, always, uh, so at expo lucha a lot of the time that uh, ultima panda was in the ring he, he was doing a couple of his fun spots he was you know kind of he was hugging kids and and generally being but this was this was a physical contest they were in there really both both teams were really fighting to win in this there wasn't a lot of panda silliness but there's still panda awesomeness uh and then uh you know hollow Wicked and Frightmare were were uh a good double t te- a good tag team kind of anchor against them. It was I was kind of a fun match.
3: Yeah. Any match with Ultimo Panda is a lot of fun. <laughs> Very
4: true.
1: I I don't mean to make it sound like a surprise just uh <laughs> Uh yeah and uh and then you have your your super indie uh but still kind of lucha match that uh, uh most people who don't watch watch a lot of lucha will probably watch this one and enjoy it which was Orange Cassidy Chuck Taylor and I'm going to uh, Papadon I believe is is uh <laughs> yeah. yeah and then uh against Green Ant Ophidian and, uh, Amasis. So like that's, uh, there, there was a period of time on the indies where you couldn't have, have an indie card without at least one of these guys on your card. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and then once, uh, we, we, Green Ant, lost the mask gimmick and and uh did some other things. I heard a rumor that Green Ant and, and Tracy Williams have never been in the same room at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, you you still have that. You still have a lot of that. And um I, so so this for me was less of a match for me because it wasn't a super lucha match, but uh it it still was a very fun indie match that uh has several masked gimmicks and a lot of Lucha style spots on there for sure. So it was still a, a really fun match. Um, what did you guys think of this one?
2: I, I just agree with a lot of, of what you said. <laughs> I think it's a lot of fun.
3: It was fun. And it reminded me how much fun Chikara used to be. Like, yeah. you know, it's easy to kind of forget that, but I really love Chikara. And, uh, it, it, A lot of people came through there that you see now that are bigger, too, which Mm -hmm. kind of reminded me of the whole thing, like, Lince used to be there, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Cesaro back when he was Claudio, and... Yeah. Yeah, it was just, yeah, just kind of nostalgic for me in that way.
1: Yeah, that's a good word for it. I had a lot of nostalgia watching that. Yeah. like, Like I said, there was a time where you couldn't not see these guys on indie cards, and that's not a bad thing, but, like seeing them all in one match, like, oh yeah, I remember what this 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 was like. This is fun. And then uh you had our more Texas style Lucha match. Is the last one, I mean, so this isn't in order. They uh you have to make it all the way to the end of the show to get the uh Solar versus Negro Navarro guys. Um I just I mean the good news is it's all pre recorded now so you can fast forward, but uh, the, the last of the indie style matches that we had off that Mass Republic card had, uh, Black G's, Ruckus and Homicide against Bestia 666, Damien 666, and Sabu. I mean, and if mm. you can't, if you can't tell by listening to one half of this card <laughs> what kind of match this was, yes. you probably need to, uh, to, to drink a little more caffeine or something because you're not awake. Uh, and and it, 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 it was in a lot of ways what you would expect. In some ways it wasn't, it wasn't all the way what you would expect because I've, I've seen, you know, I've seen these guys shoving skewers in each other's heads and Sabu has never met a stunt that he wasn't afraid of. Um, but it, it, so it didn't go to, to that level of extreme that you would, you you would, uh, immediately think but i it didn't need to it was you had you had some really athletic guys on the other side so they were trying a lot more to to wrestle although homicide is also a brawler and deathmatch guy but uh, uh so it never went you never went all in on the carnage but at the same time it was always there and it was a huge part of the match i don't know what did you guys think of this one
2: I agree with what like when you see it on paper, you're like, this is gonna be insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it didn't get to that level, which I think it it still was a great match. Like I'm I'm yeah. in some ways I'm glad because yeah. that yeah, way, too. you know, when you when when it gets to more of like a level where you can appreciate the wrestling and you still get it without all of you know the the craziness of you know what it could be. It, it kind of surprises you in a good way. So I felt like that was just my overall sense. I was surprised in a good way that it didn't go to that extreme.
3: I, I thought the same thing, and I liked how accessible that it kind of made the match for something like Expo Lucha, because yeah. you're going to have a lot of people that are turned off by the hardcore deathmatch style, and we yeah. got some hints of that, enough to keep the you know, the hardcore fans interested, but we also got a very accessible match that people that are checking out Lucha for the first time or Expo Lucha for the first time won't be turned off by the match either, yeah. so that was kind of an important and I thought that was a great way to play it. They walked the line just perfectly, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. That it is. It was a perfect match for for an Expo Lucha crowd. It was, yeah, a little bit of something for everybody. A little bit of that Texas style. I'm going to keep using that, Miranda.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like it.
1: But, uh, but. But because, uh, it, it was accessible like that, you can, you didn't feel like you had to take the kids out of the room or, you know, I wasn't watching it like I was watching that, uh, chessman match at Triple Mania where it w through one eye. You guys, if you watch the, the, our, our live reaction feed to that, I literally was watching, not watching half of that match. So, um, th- which is much better than this. I was able to actually watch this and engage with this whole match. So that's an excellent point, Dusty. Oh, thank you. Uh, so that that's it. I uh, like I said, I'm I only focused on the Expo Lucha matches this time because we had so darn many of them. But as always, uh, if you are an indie promoter, an indie wrestler, uh, you know, a. a, a lucha fan that has happens to have been at a really cool show shoot me some links we'll give you the socials later i'll watch it we'll put it on the indie roundup it and uh who knows maybe it'll wind up on a on a playlist at some point too or something Uh, um we have a we have a facebook group now so you can even just post your links in the facebook group and i will be checking that out uh dusty do you uh, happen to remember what the name of the Facebook group is? It's
3: yeah. the Lucha Central <laughs> Weekly News. There
1: we go. So yeah. uh, look, look if you're on Facebook, well, when we'll do this again at the end of the show. But that's a great pay, place to post your links too. If you if you don't want to send Absolutely. it to me for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So-
2: all you have to do is request to be added to the group and then one of the administrators will add you and then there you'll be able to add whatever uh, links so yeah videos or posters um and but again I mean with that caveat of Brendan's <laughs> you have to be running a safe show so yeah, she true. reserves the true. right to not feature if if you know your uh, event is not following um you know any social distancing guidelines
1: And the reverse of that's true. I will more likely feature you if you can tell me all the cool safety things you're doing, because I want to see people working, but I want to see them working safely. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you, Brendan, for the road back to shows and the Indie Roundup. Next off, we're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Alucha Central Central.
0: Tuesday nights live, it's Wrestle Boss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show, La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez, as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast.
2: A big thank you to Denise Alcedo who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Uh, and also just a big congratulations to her on her fantastic interview with Cassandra from this week's Expo Lucha. It was very informative. It was heartwarming. Um, they just have a great chemistry and dynamic. Um, yeah. and you can find a lot of her I- interviews on Lucha Central's YouTube page and at luchacentral.com. But a big congratulations to her and her interview with Cassandra from this week's past, uh, Expo Lucha. That We're was- gonna, go ahead.
1: Oh, I just wanted to add some praise on there, too. It was really great. I said it on our, our roundup. I I thought that was the best mat, one of the best matches of interview and interviewee. Yes. They really made something special happen. Yes.
2: Well, we're going to jump into this week's WWE news. Of course, we had Braun SmackDown, but, I mean, you got to listen. There's some big, big news that happened. We're going to talk about it in just a few minutes, but, I mean, I mean, yes, it's it was kind of a crazy weekend in, in WWE. It
3: really was. Uh, first up, it, like strange things, crazy things. SmackDown, we had the Mysterios. First up, we had Ray and Dominic versus the Street Profits in a tag team match for uh, not necessarily number one contendership, but at least to be checked out by the SmackDown tag team champions, the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert rude not yeah. bobby anymore and mm-hmm. but anyway so the they had the match with street profits this did not connect for me it was not a great match it felt a little choppy and it was somehow missing the live element for me it felt like it was clips of matches strung together maybe it just felt very disjointed for me and it it, it was not great dominic wins was the surprise roll up Afterwards, Alpha Academy come out. They you know, talk some trash, run Ray and Dominic down. Ray and Dominic are able to get the literal drop on them with a couple of suicide dives, and we go to commercial. We come back, and somehow we've got a match between the Mysterios and Alpha Academy. It was made during the commercial. We were not privy to this. It was already going on when we came back. I didn't care for that either. and It was largely just an excuse for street profits. And the Dirty Dogs to talk trash at each other in commentary. Then afterwards, they made the Mysterios just kind of look awful, and Alpha Academy picked up the win. But then both Street Profits and Alpha Academy argued with Ziggler and Rude, and the Mysterios vanished from the screen. And, like, ugh, this was not good. Whoever booked this, whoever wrote this, they should have their nose rubbed in it. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, bad like, writing. Bad writing. Oh,
3: like they can do so much better, and they just refuse for whatever reason. They've got the – we talk about all the time, some of the best people in the world. and like There is a way to get American – or Alpha Academy, rather, over without having to kind of make the Mysterios look like chumps to do it. It really kind of – Wrecks the momentum, and like Dominic was such a hot prospect when he debuted at SummerSlam. Everybody's so excited, and now people are like, eh, Dominic, he's not going to win. You know, I mean, it's just got a weird feel to it, and I I hope they can get his momentum back on track. We'll see what happens coming up, but at this point, I don't even know if we see the Mysterios at WrestleMania. I assume we do, because they're going to want that payday somehow, but I don't think we see them in any significant placement. And then, and Raw, we didn't actually have any Lucha-relevant action on Raw this week, but Raw superstar Lince Dorado lost his grandfather this week, and he has a GoFundMe to help with the expenses and the travel to send his grandfather back to Puerto Rico. And so if anybody wants to go check that out on his social media, on Instagram, he's Lince underscore Dorado, and on Twitter, he is at Luchador LD. And now, in our big news, we have Andrade. He is free at last. Mm -hmm. News continued to evolve at a rapid pace within the Andrade release situation that we reported on last week. The past Sunday, March 21st, former NXT champion Andrade was finally granted his release from WWE after being declined. As we've seen with most top guys from NXT, the main roster just had no idea what to do with Andrade, and he languished in the mid-card purgatory, and then he languished in the Groundhog Day scenario in the tag division on Raw, when he and Zelina were joined by fellow Luchador Angel Garza in an endless tandem with Street Profits all summer long that never got them the gold. Like It was just not great. And the most obvious reason for this, for WWE at least, is their about face on his release, seems to be related to Charlotte. If you're a member of the Lucha Central Weekly News Facebook group, you'll remember (laughs) that I did some research with the U.S. Trademark Office, and Charlotte and Andrade both trademarked non-WWE names at the same time after a Thanksgiving dinner with Ric Flair and Conrad Thompson in 2019. Andrade trademarked La Sombra for American use, and Charlotte trademarked both Ashley Flair and the Queen of Professional Wrestling. So there were mild rumors at the time that they were looking at other options because Andrade wasn't getting any traction in WWE, but nothing ever came of it. But now we have Andrade requesting his release. Charlotte was mysteriously removed from the WrestleMania poster. Rhea Ripley was moved up to Raw three weeks before the pay-per-view. And Charlotte, in the meantime, had been completely unmotivated on TV. But then... Despite an edict that superstars not reveal their COVID status online, Charlotte comes out on social media after Andrade's release is announced and says that she had COVID, and that's why we haven't seen her. That's where she's been. However, Internet chatter went wild when she said this. Many people assumed or even accused Charlotte of saying she had COVID to sit out and force WWE's hand or that the COVID diagnosis was a convenient excuse that they had come up with together, her and WWE, and she had stayed home because of Andrade. But now that it's solved, she's coming back. So what do you guys think? Charlotte was definitely involved in this, right? Like, I think that this had to be a power play on her part. The timing is just too convenient and too well, coincidental for me. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's it's a lot of things. I think it's hard for me to believe that the, that the COVID uh, announcement in any way is not authentic. Maybe she felt compelled to say it in order to help combat a lot of the rumors as to why she was gone. I think, though, I mean, at the end of the day, Charlotte's staying in WWE. You know, she is a, a staple in the women's division mm-hmm. in the company. She's the know? biggest deal they have. Yeah, so uh, I think I I don't know if there was additional negotiations that had to happen, and we'll talk about this in a minute as far as where he's going next. But there was also speculation that he he doesn't have a non complete co- clause, yeah, which Meltzer means he can
1: confirmed that that nope, he can go. Yeah, so uh, but there yeah. is a conflicting report on that too. Uh, yeah,
2: I mean that's still up to that's still, you know, unsure of, of with that, but I feel like maybe she had a hand in just kind of being able to help navigate the waters. Um but I think in what I mentioned last week is that maybe there was some pressure from WWE. He publicly announced that he had asked for his release, which is not typical. So I feel like there was some pressure that got built up. Um for somewhere, maybe it was Charlotte, maybe it was just in other areas to allow him to let, to leave. And maybe some of that was agreeing to not maybe work for specific companies or maybe uh-huh. saying that he, you know, uh, or, or that he was going to limit his options. Who knows? Um, but it, it's definitely something that caught me by surprise. Um, and like you mentioned, Dusty happened, evolved at a very rapid pace after, uh, you know, things were, were first announced.
1: So, I mean, this is just me kind of speculating with no just the information that Dusty's already had. But I I when uh they said that the report came out that he didn't have an, a a compete clause uh made me think maybe part of the reason they decided to they finally decided to let him go was they actually talked to him about what he wants to do. Mhm. Um because if he's, a lot of sense. right, yeah. like if he said, no, I'm not going to go to AEW, a- yeah. I mean, you know, I know everybody and their dog thinks that anybody that leaves AEW, uh, WWE must get an AEW contract, but if he said, no, I'm not doing that, uh, and he said, you know, uh, the, the, Popular choices right now would be uh, is New Japan is the number is the front runner. Yes.
4: Yeah. And
1: and uh, if he said I'm just going to do New Japan and then pick up some indie dates in the United States, maybe they're like, okay, that's not a big enough deal for us. Yeah. And um, we'll let that go. So maybe maybe that was part of it too. Is just he what he once they finally started talking to him instead of just taking the hardline stance of no, and maybe they they came around on it.
3: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. And another part I thought was interesting was a couple of weeks ago, the Eternidad, formerly Zelina Vega, her non-compete ended, and we kind of thought we'd see her somewhere. She kind of implied we were going to see her somewhere, and then we didn't see her. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping or kind of wondering, you know, if she knew that he was asking for his release and she's waiting for him. Because we talked about it before, coming in together isn't always a great idea, but these two together is money, and I would love to see them continue to be paired up together. It's the kind of charisma and synergy between them that you can't make happen. Like It's just luck, and they are so good together, and she is so formidable as both a manager and a wrestler that you take her seriously, and they could – Go with anybody. I mean, like, so many opportunities once you get Thea Trinidad in the mix. So it'll be really exciting to see where this goes, too. I think that's why we haven't seen her anywhere yet or an announcement yet, was that she was waiting for him. And at least it seems to be the case, hopefully. Yeah.
5: And Ooh. I definitely
3: think where we see him end up is Ring of Honor. That's where his family is. Yep. Uh, you know the mm-hmm. La Faction Ingobernable. I I it, everybody like you mentioned everybody would love to see him in AEW. I just don't see the likelihood of that happening.
1: Correct. You no, know, and
3: yeah. comparatively.
1: And uh, I mean, so to add the reason why a lot of people think that New Japan is a is a big. Choice is he's had success working there. They worked well with him there before. He did like it there, and he would be free to do dates with Ring of Honor if he did had signed a contract with New Japan. So there is um, lots of upside to to that. Or he could go the other way and sign with Ring of Honor and do dates with New Japan because they mm. have a working relationship. Yeah. So yes.
3: uh, New Japan has always seen the value in Andrade slash sombra. And so I think that's probably the most yeah. likely scenario. And I also think that with his appearance on CMLL Informa last year, that we could see him, you know, maybe make a couple of courtesy appearances down there.
1: That yeah. is another strong rumor I heard. Is that before he signs anywhere, he's going to go back to Mexico do kind of a couple of stops. Um, Cubs fan over on Lucha Blog had a, a very valid point on that, though it's kind of a waste for him to do that until they can have fans in the arenas. That's mm-hmm. true,
3: because yeah. he would be
1: so, yeah, a,
3: a stadium packer. You know, I mean, like people would be so excited to see him back. It's yeah. hard to remember because somehow he stayed kind of under the radar of American fans back then. But La Sombra was a big deal in Mexico City. Like, mm-hmm. big, big deal. And so it would be really exciting to see him go back. But like you say, it would be kind of disappointing if there wasn't a crowd there for the reception Yeah,
2: very true well we are just going to have to wait and see what happens with Andrade you got to just keep listening to the Lucha Central weekly podcast because we are going to keep our eyes out and open as to where Andrade La Sombra however he's going to address himself uh, where he lands next Uh, But speaking of next, we have this week in
1: AEW. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) We did, we did a little bit of a switch up and I forgot that I was running AEW this week. Um, So AEW started the week with dark elevation. Uh, It, it, is again kind of a new show but we did have a big match with Danny Limelight and Baron Black as that uh, kind of Dusty likes to call them our highlight or feature matches of this uh mm-hmm. Danny Limelight uh and uh so Baron Black is surprisingly well versed in the lucha style I don't know where yes. he trained that but he uh he was an excellent uh I'm going to use a, a term here he was an excellent base for danny yes, Limelight's high was. fly uh and uh and they there was a good pace to this match uh this was the main event by the way danny limelight is in the main event on elevation so like kind of a big deal yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I just all in all i thought this was a, a great match it was a good good a, too. Good, uh, good use of both of these wrestlers i'm <laughs> i'm uh more high on Baron Black than, than I was going into this match. And I don't think I could possibly be more high on Danny limelight right now, yeah. but uh,
3: yeah, they had some great mat work too. He had a good suplex. Um, then um, Baron Black had a Texas clover leaf. Like oh. th- it was really cool. Like yeah. this was a really fun match, really interesting match. And you got to see a lot of, Variety and so many sequences of offense from Danny Limelight that were just fantastic. Yeah.
1: And the big takeaway is Danny Limelight did win this match, so uh, it seems like AEW has plans to use him in in kind of a, a bigger, more formal way in the near future, because that's yes. what Elevation is supposed to be about. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it's a mix too of, of just a spotlight and promo work and and spotlight matches. So if this is the rhythm that they're going with Elevate uh, or Elevation, then I, I it's starting to make a little bit more sense to me compared to the differences with with Dark.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah they're getting their footing now.
1: Yeah, you you definitely it feels more like Elevation is the step between. Dark and Dynamite. Like, mm. th- you can see more of the guys from Elevation on on either show at this point is the feeling I get. Again, it's only a couple episodes, so who knows? They, that may change. Um, then we had Tuesday Night Dark, and the uh, highlight match for that is Chaos Project in a tag Yes! Team match. Come on. <laughs> uh, this time it was John Silver and Alex Reynolds. I mean... You know, it it could have been uh, almost anybody on the dark roster, and it would have be would have been a fun one. But this is a good matchup because Silver and Reynolds again are they they are versed in a little bit of the chaos, or not the, in the lucha style, and and were able to help Serpentico do some big things, uh, or or sorry, make yes, him look yes, good Silver doing and that.
3: Serpentico had an amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean. And and uh, they're Silver and Reynolds are both very good technical wrestlers, so they're on the in that mm-hmm. kind of style that I personally enjoy. So I was I was eating this one. In fact, I didn't take notes on this match because I was just watching <laughs> this match. <laughs> so.
3: Yeah, I also liked when Taz was on commentary and he said, do "You know, do you think Soprinico tries to get out of Chaos Project on a daily <laughs> basis? Like, you know, he's getting flung around. He's you know, I mean, he's used as a weapon. It's, but I, I, I loved it, and yeah, this, this was really great. The highlight for me was really that sequence with Silver and Serpentico. Um, the, the finisher was great. Uh, John Silver hit a really nice release G- German suplex, and then he and Reynolds together hit a Dark Destroyer for the win. Like, I, as much as we mentioned Danny Limelight, I think that we're on a very upward trajectory for the. Um, Dark Order and, you know, yeah, maybe on Dark, absolutely. but I think we're gonna see a singles run for Silver soon.
1: I, I, I do feel like they're they're dipping their toe in the water for that. Mm-hmm. Especially since uh Dark Order is now kind of the very popular thing. Uh between, you know I mean, how can you hate a faction that has negative one r- yeah, I, I love the <laughs> so idea cute.
3: of an evil child as leader of an evil group, but they're not actually evil because he's a kid. Like it's <laughs> just so good. Yeah.
1: Like... <laughs> well, yeah, and they've been playing that up more too. That it's more like they're they're uh, a group of really good friends now. Like, I mean, even Colt is just like hugging people and 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 yeah. out there. So, so it's um yeah they they're definitely on the on the rise and silver is in particular is is uh seems to be riding that wave so we we could see a lot more of that coming out of there um chaos project is still technically on a a, a winning record for for tag team matches so we could see them uh show up now and again in the mix for the tag team picture which would be fun it'd be you know an interesting An interesting thing I mean obviously they're not going to go super far in that because it seems like Chaos Project is just kind of there to make other people look really good and they do a good job of that but uh, it'd be nice to see that like to see Chaos Project and the Lucha Brothers I'm just going to throw this fantasy book in (laughs) Yes.
2: Yes
1: That
3: would be so good Well and they pair up so nicely Right? Pentagon and Luther and Phoenix and Spentico. Yeah, like, mm. story writes itself.
1: You can do lots of fun things with that. I'm just... So, by having them still kind of more on the winning ways, even though they've lost the last couple, uh, you can can do big things with them in the tag team picture, which is what I'm hoping to see. Um, And then we're going to move on to Dynamite. Uh, There wasn't a whole lot going on, although there was a huge thing that was going on.
4: Yeah. Poor, poor pack.
1: <laughs> poor <laughs> pack is injured again. I don't know how this poor guy is just keeps doing this. Cause I mean, he looks like an action yeah. figure and he, he should not be getting hurt this often, but now
3: an ankle injury this time too. Yeah, yeah It's
1: disappointing. He, he's out. And, uh, the guy that we've all on this show been saying needs to come back and work an angle uh uh with that Kenny Omega guy. I mean, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you guys have heard of him. Some guy. But some guy named Kenny Omega holds the AAA Mega Championship and yeah. Um so Laredo Kid is filled in for Pack and here we go. So now we had a six man with Laredo Kid and the Lucha Bros uh against uh oh it was uh the Young Bucks and Brand yes. Cutler. Yes. I I was so excited by other things that happened that I didn't even write down who they were wrestling against. I just went straight to the uh the end of the match and how exciting all of that was. But yeah, um it was uh a bit it was it was super West Coast style, lots of flippy stuff, lots of super kicks, lots of uh people walking on ropes. Penta did not break any arms in this match, which uh did slightly disappoint. Oh, i uh, gonna rewind this a little bit. Cody actually was selling his arm injury this week too. So, I'm. Yeah. I'm Yay after. for
2: storyline continuity. Yes.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh uh you had you had a you had, had a good match. Uh, did did either of you get a chance to watch this one? Again, this was one I was hard for me to take notes on because I was too busy watching. I am. Um, I just I
2: I, I saw just really
4: liked
1: it. yeah, yeah
2: I saw clips. I really just liked uh, the Spanish Fly. Uh, yes, uh, all oh my end, Like I'm that.
3: Yes. The yep. yes. Laredo yes. Kid made it look so so beautiful. Yes. So Not that right is I mean, that is the
1: beautiful. one note I did have is that uh, the match did end with. Uh, Laredo hitting a top rope Spanish fly on Brandon Cutler and getting the one two three and to you guys this point it was freaking gorgeous. I mean yeah, uh everybody else was out of the ring. They were had been devastated by brawling and other things and and uh you got that. So that's big too though because this is Laredo kid getting the win. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. Yes, he got the pin. Yeah. Yeah. And he got to look good for a hot second there. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, so and maybe it's the they were,
3: everybody remembers. Yep, yep. they remember yeah. that,
1: and then they remember what happened next, which is Kenny Omega coming out, and yep. the person he went straight after was the Laredo R- the Kid. Yeah, it's so him with
3: the uh, belt. Yeah. Yep.
1: And then he comments. He remembers that he he remembers him from AAA. He remembers him from the uh, Fighter
3: Fest. Fighter Fest.
1: Yeah uh and 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 continues to to so they the angle that uh we were fantasy booking a while back saying it'd be nice to see laredo wrestle for that triple a mega championship might be happening i mean i'm i'm not gonna let myself get too excited by this because i've been disappointed by wrestling so many times in the past <laughs> year but it, it could be happening and then uh, after Kenny Omega said some things, I mean, they were mean things, so I barely was listening. The Lucha Bros beat him up and chased him away. So. Oh,
3: some amazing yeah. super kicks, double super <laughs> kicks, yes. Double. Yeah.
1: I mean, they kicked
3: the shit out of
1: Kenny Omega. It awesome. <laughs> they, they really did. And what I loved about it was they kicked Kenny Omega so hard that Don Callis looked like he fell over. It, <laughs> <it's terrible. laughs> <laughs> so yeah not it, it wasn't a, a big week for a lot of lucha but it was a huge week for what lucha content we did get in in dynamite this week uh we've got laredo back we've got the lucha bros being positioned to be a bigger deal and maybe having you know uh so i don't
3: yeah, they're going to be the main event next week as well, from what I understand. Kenny and the Good Brothers versus the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. Oh, sweet! Yeah.
2: I love, I love this.
3: And well, and that's the other thing. A lot of people felt that Laredo Kid's momentum in America is one show, and then that's all you see him. So to get him two weeks in a row is already pretty exciting. And yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll report on that next week too. But yeah, it's already going to be a highlight match. <laughs>
2: Well, results from AEW and WWE are available on LuchaCentral.com. So make sure if you missed any of that, you go to the website and you'll get your results. Um, and as Brendan mentioned, not a lot of Lucha content on AEW this week, um, but what we got was pretty impactful. A company that has lots of Lucha content <laughs> happening on a big show is Ring of Honor.
1: Oh, yeah. So, first off, uh before we talk about the big show that's coming up this weekend, uh probably by the time you're hearing this, actually, we're going to talk about this week's show, which was setting it up. So, we started off with uh, Ray Orus in a match against Eli Isom, which they put over and over again could have huge implications on the TV title division. Uh This was uh Eli Isom's first return since the pre-COVID era and so I kind of had a bad feeling that it wasn't going to be Ray's night because mm-hmm. they kept yeah. talking about that but it, it, and he did in fact get the win but as you can imagine because ROH loves good competitive matches you got a lot, you got a good 10 minutes of action and Eli Isom is a good matchup for Ray Horus. This was uh-huh. a very fast lots of high flying, lots of athletic moves, lots of uh, rewinding, cause I blinked and I missed something. I yes. Mean, yeah. Uh, the TV title division looks to be in, in really good hands. There seems to be a lot of up and coming young talent in ROH's TV title division. And uh, they reminded people again that you can only be a challenger in one singles division in ROH and as many of the tags as you can find partners for. So, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you had they so those these guys are firmly in that in the same division as uh uh Dragon Lee from LFI and and Kenny King from LFI so you've got right i mean i we just there's there's four huge names right there i can't even tell you who else is in the division right now uh off the top of my head but uh right there you've got a solid showing so i was super excited by that match and thinking about all the possibilities that were going to happen but also you had this massive main event you had an eight-man tag match with lfi and the foundation and it's pretty much everything you would expect it to be you had the foundation trying to to uh keep calm and do a respectable wrestling match in the middle of the ring and you had LFI at every available opportunity uh insulting them uh, or or breaking the rules or flagrantly breaking the rules and I mean just madness and and I was there for it like this this was meant to hype up the the big event that we were alluding to the anniversary show
4: yeah and
1: and it did that in in a big way because the that's what's going to happen at the anniversary show is going to be another showdown between LFI and the foundation um I mean yeah if you this is this is my one show that I'm I'm saying you need to watch this week this Thanks. ROH episode was amazing uh so on the on the anniversary show there is little bit of card subject to change unfortunately um it is uh as i said off the air it, it was a tiny bit disappointing because it kind of uh it, it's not the best fit for what happened dragon lee uh is out and and therefore they're gonna they they are scrambling around but lfi is putting kenny king in his place in the tv title defense and then, uh, Bestia del Ring will be in his place in the tag team title defense. Mm-hmm. And they're still going to be going against the foundation. It'll be hot sauce Tracy Williams going for the TV title. So there's a fifth great guy in that division. Uh, and, and then, uh, Tracy Williams and, uh, uh, Rhett Titus will be challenging for the tag team against, uh, now it'll be Kenny King and Bestia del Ring. So, it, still lots of great matches uh are going to happen. They've announced already also that the six-man tag belts that uh, Mexa Squad are going for are going to be in the first hour of the show, which will be free. So, if you're really broke and your pockets are really tight, you can still see a great Lucha match for free at the beginning of the show, with uh, Mexi Squad going for the six-man title matches against... uh Shane Taylor's Shane Taylor Promotions Promotions. I wanted to yes. say incorporated and I I knew that was wrong. So <laughs> um so that's that's the the, the ROH excitement the uh, Miranda do you remember the the date and time for the Yes.
2: Uh the 19th anniversary show is actually going to be tomorrow. So that is Friday uh March 26th. Uh, the first hour is free That's starting at 8pm Eastern time on multiple platforms You can find that information On ROHwrestling.com And then at 9pm Is the actual anniversary show Which you can find exclusively On Honor Club, Pay Per View And Fight TV um, And yeah the card is, is Truly truly stacked um, I'm also looking forward to this I mean we speculated even earlier I'm sure there's going to be some buzzer not just from the matches already but who may show up um and and this is one of the shows the anniversary show last year got canceled uh due to the pandemic just happening so i do also feel like ring of honor is just very excited for this show because of the fact that You know, this is, you know, a year in the making. So, uh, again, the first hour is going to be free, and that's when we're going to see the Mexi Squad versus Shane Taylor Promotions. And then uh, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time is when uh,
1: the full show starts. And uh, I'm going to give you the inside scoop here. In my opinion, the best way to get it is going to be on the Honor Club. Mm Mm-hmm uh through Ring of Honor's website uh because you can pay $10 for the subscription which will give you access to their library so you can go back and watch their other lucha content yes and and then you'll get the the entirety of the anniversary show so yeah. i mean you know you don't have that $10 for the network anymore so come on <laughs> it's true good good point good point <laughs>
2: Uh, up next uh is our Mass Republic uh spot and we talked a little bit more we we already kinda plugged Expo Lucha already. Um but also to let fans know that um Expo Lucha does have some exclusive merchandise available for one week only, um all in uh the tone of you know, for the love of lucha with that logo, which is super, super cool. Um, and that's available at pro dot com. So it's only available for just one week. So that means by the time you may be listening to this episode that uh, that time frame is dwindling down. So make sure you go to pro for expo lucha content. Um especially just the just those exclusive uh t-shirts they have mugs stickers um, and a cool sweater as well um with that logo
1: also uh pile driver co announced that they were doing a bunch of mass republic uh merch during expo lucha and they, we've been seeing it pop up it is pretty good stuff that's pile driver co so you got to get the otherwise there's another company that is just uh pile driver which is a japanese company so you don't want I mean you do want that, but you also want this <laughs> pile driver co. Uh they they've got a bunch of t shirt designs that they they announced during Expo Lucha on social media. Uh you can Mass Republic social media has that for you if you you need help finding it. Uh it, it's um it's pretty good looking stuff. And then also today, I don't know, did you see this, Dusty? They released some images from the for some more action figures.
3: No, I didn't.
1: Um, I yeah, might be confusing things. Egg. Yeah, I might be confusing things, but I thought I saw some new boss fight action figure pictures going up today. Um, I, you
3: know, they e- released the Eo Del Pero Guayo a few days yeah. ago, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. There we go. Yeah, I hope to see all of them. Yeah, yeah. the the Pero figure is going to be amazing. Like they have the side and back views, and the uh, it looks exactly like him. I mean, it's <laughs> uncanny. I mean, That's it's incredible. so good.
1: Yeah, (laughs) so good. Yeah, if you can't tell, we're excited about our toys here. (laughs) We're not sorry about it. Not at all. (laughs) And that
2: information can also be found at luchacentral.com. Up next, we have this week's NXT, and a lot happened. A good mix of matches and news regarding stand and deliver. Uh, we started off the show with Ra- Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. Uh, this came about after several weeks. Um, really last week, we had Dakota Kai versus Zoe Stark, um, in which Dakota Kai won that match. They were about to confront Zoe Stark when Io Shirai came out, um, not necessarily to defend Zoe Stark, but to uh, confront Raquel Gonzalez. But we've already seen Io Shirai and Zoe Stark in a match themselves two weeks ago, so they already have a good rapport, good sense of good sportsmanship. And this was a great match. I continuously am so proud to see, uh, you know, West Coast alum Zoe Stark continuing to just be fantastic. Um, she uh, is also showing showcasing that kind of that West Coast uh, high flyer style, even though yeah. she definitely has more of a brawler technical background. So that made this pairing with her and Eo actually very good. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Zoe received that one-handed powerbomb from Raquel Gonzalez for the for the win, and then we saw Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez confront each other at the end of the match. That ended up uh, with Raquel Gonzalez uh, doing a powerbomb to Io Shirai on the announce desk. Uh, so that, and EO just, I mean, it would, and it didn't break. So that's one of those things that's almost worse when the table doesn't break. (laughs) (laughs) Because pretty much that you still have all of that hard wood there, um, at the end. But they are really building this up, uh, for stand and deliver, which in also to include that it has been announced that the women's championship match will main event night one of stand and deliver. So this is going to be the main event of night 1 which is absolutely uh, rightfully so.
1: Yeah, so, so excited. So glad that it's the main event. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be
2: amazing. It's going to be it's going to be great and we still have 2 weeks uh about a week uh of build up um for this so who knows what else we're going to see um from this i'm very interested to see how this also impacts the dynamic between dakota kai and raquel gonzalez um as brendan has has noted this has been a strong partnership now for a year so now and and a lot of this was when dakota was going after the championship but now that raquel is what's gonna happen
1: and they're kind of dropping some hints on that Mm -hmm. like Dakota seems more fixated on going for the tag team championships right now and doesn't seem happy that Raquel seems to be more interested in a singles run. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah.
2: Speaking of the NXT Women's Tag Team titles, uh, Shotzi, Blackheart, and Ember Moon, your reigning NXT Women's Tag Champions, faced Aaliyah, and who originally was supposed to be Jessie Kamea, Uh, she was out due to injury, so Aaliyah and Robert Stone recruited former Robert Stone uh, client uh, Mercedes Martinez, and so she got back into the fold for just one night only, um, and that itself was a great match. I feel like that made this match that much more competitive. It was great to see Mercedes in this. Um, I also, just continued kudos to Aaliyah, who has grown a lot in her role. Uh, she landed a really great powerbomb in this match. Um, and all, you know, you even had some of the interference of Robert Stone. What kind of manager would he be if he didn't advocate for his clients? Um, uh, there was a great uh, moment when, um, Mercedes had a big boot, uh, to Shotzi Blackheart. And again, really seeing more of that brawler MMA style in her work, um, Which is, you know, something to to combat a little bit more of the fast pace that we see from Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, Ultimately, though, the tag tied the tag champions retained with uh, Moon uh, doing the Eclipse onto Aaliyah uh, and, you know, the match ending there. So um, it does seem like Shotzi and Ember are going to continue to feud uh, with with uh, Candice and uh, Indy. That seems like they're going to circle back around to that at some point, but we'll see. But uh, uh, it's also great to see Mercedes Martinez back in NXT where she belongs Um because, yeah, I mean, Retribution seemed like they broke up this past week, so that's good, yeah. but, yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: you know, I just, at the same time, I'm just glad that she's she's no longer part of that. Um, Speaking of big announcements, though, too, for Stand and Deliver, it was announced uh, just this week that Danny Burch and Oni Larkin would be forced to vacate the NXT Tag Team Championships. Um, this is due to an injury that Danny Burch suffered um, at the hands of and Cross last week. And so with that, it was announced that we are going to get a triple threat match at Stand and Deliver to crown new tag champions, which will include MSK, Grizzled Young Vets, and Legado del Fantasma. So yeah. that is my fantasy booking worked in my head at all. You know, <laughs> I would have I could have you could have even added a fourteen to it. But when you think about who's actually in that title match or title uh scene right now, those are the three teams that you think about. So uh yeah. a big, big opportunity for Legado the Fantasma. Really the first time that they're gonna have that that chance at the uh tag team titles. I'm so excited to see MSK in this though. They are so good in the ring. To see MSK and Laga de Fantasma uh with those both of them being kind of fast-paced high flyers, I'm just just already grinning from side to side. I think it's going to be very very fun.
1: And both of them, I mean, they haven't shown it in an NXT, but both of them are good at that distraction outside the ring mm-hmm. sort of tactic. So you can yes. that the The maneuvering and wolf packing that the legato de fantasma we have seen in n x t do that yeah. they the they're just as good at it, so you can see there's a lot of dimension that can happen in yeah. in this matchup and it's very exciting kind of uh styles telling the story matchup that i'm yeah. i want to see
2: well, then you have the Grizzled Young Vets who are are also very great, but they're more that grappler style. So I yep. think, too, that could also be almost the wild card factor in this, um, and, and that's how they can get the advantage. So um, who knows? I, I kind of think that they're going to lean more into MSK for this um, just because they've already won the Dusty Cup. But I would also, I mean, would love to see Legado de Fantasma as tag champions. That would really, really yes. get to the core. I mean, and we'll talk about what's going to be happening with the uh, uh, the Cruiserweight Championship. But it is very possible that Legado de Fantasma is covered in gold by the end of Stand and Deliver.
1: That's actually, uh, but- that's my prediction. Is yes. that they're going to. They're going to win this, and MSK will wind up ch- having to chase them, and Santos will have the belt, too, and there will be the, the power promotion. And yeah. um I mean, that's, that's not just my wishful thinking. I feel like that would be a really good... It's a good spot <laughs> to be in. Again, yeah.
2: the Undisputed Era is done. So what yeah. other big faction do mm-hmm. you have in NXT right now? Really nothing. Yeah. So might as well. I
3: love that idea.
1: But... But I I interrupted you before you got to the other cool news, so
2: (laughs) carry on. I'm sorry. uh, Going into what happened uh, with the tag titles – uh Danny Lorcan demanded a match uh against Kieran Cross kind of to to get revenge on him uh, on how he hurt Danny Burch so we did get that um I, a lot of this action was outside of the ring of course I mean Kieran Cross he's just going to murder people and that's just what he does <laughs> um with a with a quick win um again with that forehead forearm to the back of the head uh with the win afterwards he called out Finn Balor who came out and, you know, they just kind of continue their their back and forth. Um, very heated promos, very just cold and direct. And I, I really love the intensity between these two competitors. Um, I think it's going to make what they do do at Stand and Deliver that much better. And it also was announced that they're going to headline night two of Stand and Deliver. So you yeah. have uh, those uh, you know two lucha oriented lucha uh, background wrestlers um, headlining both nights of Stand and deliver which i think is really really great love it love it but this is probably the most interesting aspect i think of nxt and that's the setup for what we're going to see between jordan devlin at santos escobar at Stand and deliver we knew the match was going to happen but this week, we found out how. So Jordan Devlin was in a match um, against Kushida. Uh, during that match, though, you had Ro Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde go out for the distraction. However, that did not distract Jordan Devlin, and he still was able to win his match. Um, but then afterwards, Santos Escobar came out to confront him and really continue you know who is the real cruiserweight champion. And then something happened. The music of one HBK, Shawn Michaels comes out. And uh, this was a promo in which HBK did not say anything, but he did do something very, very interesting. He came out, went to the ring, pulled the ring skirt up, and pulled out a ladder and shoved it into the middle of the ring. And anyone who knows knows this is a huge (laughs) knot to history uh between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon yes. uh for the Intercontinental Championship. And that just so many I memories and ideas flooded in at that thought. Mm-hmm. And there we have it. So we are going to have a ladder match to determine uh, the true cruiserweight champion. We're going to have that unification match, a la Shawn Michaels versus Ray Ramon. And if anyone's going to be able to, you know, do that match justice and be on par, it is these two men. So, and the fact that the cruiserweights are having this opportunity is uh, amazing. Yeah. So I thought it was a great way, a great nod to history and a great way to allude to it without saying a single word. HBK could have done it. I mean, he's great on the mic but he didn't need to. And that's what I loved.
1: Yeah. No, that was it. I really enjoyed that. It was a less is more moment because he, not him, not saying anything added way more power to that whole announcement mm-hmm. more or less. Uh, yeah. It, and I'm super excited. Uh, it's night two. I just confirmed that. It's so, so uh, night two is going to be loaded with Lucha action and should not be missed. Uh, Oh my goodness!
4: Yeah,
2: so it's got night too. I mean, both nights are gonna be great, but yes, between the ladder match and the main event, it's who? Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. But going back to your theory, Brendan, we could absolutely see Legado the
1: Fantasma come out
2: of stand and deliver uh, with all the gold.
1: Yep, uh, that's like I said. That's what I. I that's my prediction for the night. I think. Uh, I, th- I think that they're they going to be positioned to do bigger and better things, and we're going to be talking a lot more about Legado del Fantasma in the coming weeks, which does not hurt my feelings at all. No,
2: not not at all. Well, that was This Week in NXT. Up next, Dusty, why don't you take us through this week in Lucha Libre history? Yeah, that's
3: right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day. And Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, match of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre and it's free at luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week I chose March the 23rd, 2016, when Legends of Lucha Libre and Master Public Superstar Pinta El Zero M won the 20th edition of the Lucha Libre AAA Ray de Reyes Tournament after beating La Parca and Viano 6 at Plaza de Toros, El Paseo, and San Luis Potosi. This match, if you saw it at the time or don't remember, like Pentagon was on the way up. This was the – it was shortly after Io del Pedro Aguayo passed away. This was a tribute show to him, and so kind of everybody expected Pentagon to win, and that that is what we got. But the main story was that La Parca just refused to to put him over in any clean way, any standard way, and so – Everybody that was kind of in the know was really mad about this because it was the Paraguayo tribute show. I mean, the Paros del Mall guys should have won. shouldn't have been a question. But Parker, everything he did, he didn't even put his shoulders down. Like, everything he did was an issue. It was a very strange match, not great. After the match, we see Daga, Taya, Khan, El Elmal, and Joe Leiter join Pentagon to celebrate, and just as he's kind of holding the sword and yelling out, the lights go out. When they come back, it's Halloween, Damian, Nicho El Millonario, and Pagano. They act like they're celebrating, but then they attack the Peros and say that they're the real Peros. Nicho's wearing a bestia mask, and the Peros music plays when they're done. That was pretty cool, but the match itself was not so great. But I highly recommend everybody check it out because it's an excellent example of politicking in Lucha Libre. I mean – to, he puts the Pentagon's hand on the rope so that he can't be pinned. and Yeah, it's just mm, not a fan. <laughs> uh, what did you pick this week, Brendan?
1: Uh, this week I went with a match of the day. I chose March 28th when uh, on an episode of WWF Super Astros uh, in 1999, you had S.A. Rios versus Tiger Mask 4. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. First off, it was WWF Super Astros, which is (laughs) in and of itself a very, very interesting thing. But you have, you have S.A. Rios, who is, I mean, he is pretty much a legend of Lucha Libre at this point now. Uh, And you have Tiger Mask 4, who is the only one of the Tiger Mass who went to Mexico and trained there. So this is a very rooted. It's not just a guy in a in a mask doing a WWF match. It's two guys that are lucha trained doing a match, and um, Super Astros was kind of promoting that sort of thing, which is why you're going to see more luchadors on it. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I mean I. I was looking for all kinds of things. I was looking for something maybe a little more historic this week, uh, but I, I just kept gravitating back to this one. Uh the match itself, I only got to see a little bit of it because we were doing I was picked it in kind of a hurry, but it it looks like it's a super fun match and it is again one of the matches of the day, so it is available on the YouTube channel for Lutra Central. As well as if you are a subscriber to the social media, you would just get it straight onto, uh, onto your feed on the day that it was the match of the day, which was the 6th. So, uh, fantastic. Oh, Mar- sorry, the March 28th yes. was, it was yeah. match of the day. Uh, so, uh, fantastic, fantastic stuff here. Miranda, what did you get?
2: Uh I picked March 26, 2001 and this is when Rey Mysterio and Billy Kid won the WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Titles after beating Elix Skipper and Kid Romero. And what caught my eye on this, well, first off, the Cruiserweight Tag Team titles. I had forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, me too. <laughs> but also, it was the very last episode of WCW Nitro in Panama City, Florida. And I had forgotten that this was the also anniversary of WCW being bought by WWF. Yeah. And so this match was very quick. And, and ultimately, too, another fun fact is that this was only – the second time that we saw this uh well let's go back. So the titles itself were advertised back in February two thousand one and then we had a mini tournament to crown the first ever tag team champions, um, just after that, in which Elix Skipper and Kid Romero won. And then the first title defense, which was literally the next week, was against Rey Mysterio and Billy uh Uh, Kidman, um, and that was literally it, pretty much, then the company uh, went under, so we didn't have any longevity with these titles, but I loved how commentary played that this was really, too, not, you can't have a Monday Night Nitro without the cruiserweights, and that was something that, through their history, WCW did fantastic with the cruiserweight division. And it was unfortunately a little too late in its history when they created the tag titles, Uh, but it was something that, you know, I'm glad in the end of it, too, they were acknowledging two of their best luchadors in Kidman and, and Rey Mysterio, and so, uh you know, the... It's just one of those funny things like that's so WCW-like. Like Like, when you think about it and when people say those things like, oh, you create titles that we only saw for two weeks before they got bought out. That's so (laughs) WCW. However, with the cruiserweights, the match itself was great. It was very short, only just about five minutes. Um, But at the same time, the cruiserweights was the one thing, one of the few things WCW got right. And so I'm glad that it was acknowledged in commentary. I'm glad that it was acknowledged in the creation of these tag team titles and also acknowledged within those who ended up winning the belts for the last time.
1: Yeah, I, I've said it before. I am a fan of Lucha Libre because of the Cruiserweight division in <laughs> WCW. Yeah. And that tournament that you were mentioning, I remember being, again, I was the only guy in the room. All my buddies decided that was the time they were going to go refresh their beer or go hit take a rip or whatever it was they were doing. And I'm like, no, guys, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to watch this awesomeness. And I feel like I won on this transaction. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: okay.
2: Well, that was this week in Lucha Libre history, uh, where you can find that on LuchaCentral.com. But Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com?
1: Well, you know, if you're listening to this by now and you haven't been to LuchaCentral.com, it really is time to do it. Uh, LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And, as we've said over and over again, it's free. You can't beat this price, people. It's free.
3: No, yeah, free's my
2: favorite. <laughs> free.
1: Free. That's cheaper than nine ninety nine. I'm just, I'm gonna keep throwing that out there. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things lucha libre.
2: Up next, Dusty, you have some AAA news for us.
1: Yes, I do. Uh, we First,
3: we had the like the Puebla Magica shows. We finally got to see those this week from the Tlaxcala tapings, thanks to Lucha Blog. So check out Lucha Blog for those clips if you want to mm. see these matches. Week one, we had Lahedra and Lady Meravilla defeating Fabi Apache and Lady Shawnee. We had Abismo Negro Jr. and Tejano Jr. defeating Laredo Kid and Octagon Jr., and we had Io Del Vikingo and Psycho Clown getting a disqualification win over Chessman and Ray Escorpión. In week two, we had RS and Letigo defeating friend of the show Mr. Iguana and Nino Amborgesa. Murder Clown and Octagon Jr. defeating Abismo Negro Jr. and Black Taurus and Carta Brava Jr., Mocha Cota Jr. and Tito Santana brought that Northern power to bre- to beat Io del Vikingo, Laredo Kid, and Pagano in a strange lineup. And then week three we had Black Taurus defeating Io del Vikingo. We had Flamer, La Idrá and Lady Maravilla defeating Big Mommy, 80s and Lady Shani. And we had Chessman and Tejano Jr. beating Laredo Kid and Pinta El Zero Miedo. So pretty amazing lineup for those shows. Highly recommend everybody check it out. We also had some uh, news from the shows that aired from the second week of tapings at uh, Valle de Bravo, uh, The Auto Luchas. Uh, no, I guess that was just a regular show. I apologize. The Marvel Lucha Libre characters made their first appearance since Triple Mania. And it was kind of interesting. At Triple Mania, Leyenda Americana and T- Terra Papura were played by Daga and Brian Cage, respectively. However, as we mentioned, Daga was in Florida. And so, you know, like, he's just not there. But this time around, Tejano was Terra Papura. And the common consensus was that Octagon Jr. was the guy under the Leyenda Americana mask, the Captain America character. Estrella Cosmica, the Captain Marvel character, was played by Lady Maravilla previously, and she still seems to be the person under the mask. But it's interesting. These characters seem to be bigger than the people portraying them to AAA and Marvel, because this wouldn't be happening without Marvel and Funko's. You know, some degree there of their approval. So it's right. interesting to see that they see the characters as bigger than the people portraying them and that they brought in such big people to portray them at TripleMania and never really addressed it and then they used just their regular guys this time around. It's all kind of surprising and interesting. So it'll be, I think, an indication of the investment of Marvel to see where these next few matches with their characters go.
2: Thank you so much for that information Of course we'll keep you updated On on what happens with AAA um, Especially with Auto Luchas and then yeah the return Of the Marvel characters Up next We have this week in Impact Wrestling, and of course, as usual, really the only Lucha match or Lucha Libre content at Impact Wrestling right now is within the X Division. Uh, We had X Division champion Ace Austin face TJP in a rematch of what went down a few weeks ago when Ace Austin uh, became the new X Division champion. And this match is as to what you expect as far as very fast pace, um, you know, lots of back and forth between the two. Very competitive. Um, Of course, you had uh, Ace Austin uh, with a springboard kick towards the beginning and then TJP uh, with a plancha uh, that wiped out Ace Austin. Um, and then really, uh, with TJP, I mean, going more into that submission, uh, maneuvers that he likes to do, he did a double chicken wing, um, to Ace Austin, which looked very, very painful. (laughs) And then, uh, towards the end, you know, TJP was looking like he was going for the Mamba Splash, however... Ace Austin was being accompanied to the ring by Madman Fulton, who broke up the count and ended up uh, having the, the match ended a disqualification. So TJP did win. Um, however, it was via disqualification. So Ace Austin is still your X Division champion. However, afterwards, um, you know, they, it looks like they were going to do a further beatdown on TJP until Josh Alexander came out to help make the save. So Maybe we will see TJP and Josh Alexander team up to face Ace Austin and Madman Fulton sometime in the future. It also seems that we're going to continue to see Josh Alexander in that X-Division um, realm and which i think is great for him so um check out the match though it was very solid very good work uh, but it does seem like again we still have that merry-go-round of competitors in the x division however some news that did drop today which is very interesting because this will absolutely have implications for the future is impact wrestling has announced they are changing their air times. They have mentioned that they are going back to airing on Thursday nights. And that leaves a lot of speculation as to why this change is happening. Very possibly because of the speculation and rumors that NXT is going to be jumping from Wednesdays to Tuesdays. And as we've seen, Impact Wrestling has typically been that company when any type of... I mean, they've been on air literally every day of the week. I mean, they have they have (laughs) aired at some point... Every day of the week. And so you know when impact is changing times, it's to avoid counter-programming. Um, It is not like the Wednesday Night Wars They tried their hand at a Monday Night War revival Which failed miserably Uh, But they are not in it for counter-programming So that makes it very interesting One, to see if we will see NXT move from Wednesdays to Tuesdays It also will make it very interesting to see What this means for the partnership Between Impact Wrestling and AEW Because the way that it stands now Is that on Tuesdays They're able to preview what happens next on AEW the next day and we have the Tonys doing that now that they're going to be changing to Thursdays they won't be able to preview AEW so uh, unless it's a way to kind of do a lot of foresight a week in advance you know what is that going to mean for that partnership with uh, with AEW and kind of the same thing too with you know usually impact has been what we see coming into AEW now it's going to be the reverse AEW will come first and then impact so um that that's just very very interesting news that came out today we still have not received any confirmation uh from WWE about the scheduling for NXT but you know, you you put it together, it makes sense why they would be moving from Tuesdays to Thursdays. Just your quick thoughts yeah. on this, guys, Dusty and Brendan. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think that it's obvious. Their audience would, I mean, like, how many people are going to watch XT on Tuesdays? Any audience they had is kind of gone, and so I think it's a, a smart long-term decision for them just to keep fresh eyes on the product, but like you mentioned it, Creates a a domino effect with a lot of other things, and so it'll be interesting to see how they work around that date change too.
1: Yes. Um. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, to your points, I hadn't even thought about the relationship with uh, the 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 two Tonys programming going in uh it would be it would be a just absolute shame and i don't know if you can hear the sarcasm in my voice if there had to be a little more reciprocity as a result yeah. of this and the AEW had to start actually like promoting a little more of impact wrestling i mean that would be tragic and unfortunate if the, this <laughs> if if Boy. they they got the they they had to do the thing that it, impact has been doing for them this whole time that this arrangement's been going on. Um I yeah. I and and finally the wrestling is all sprawled out so I don't have to pick what night I'm watching a show anymore. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, we'll that, talk about, nice. you know, there's still some action on Tuesdays. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But, yes, it's a yeah. lot more evenly dis- distributed. If if this pans out the way that we think, we yeah. are going to get wrestling every single night, Monday through Friday. Um, but it's a little bit more spaced out where there isn't going to be really as much counter-programming. So... It does allow fans to not have to, you know, choose between programs uh on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. There still will be a little bit, but it helps even things out for sure. Yes. So speaking of Wednesdays, we had MLW this week uh, and two marquee lucha matches. And I would, you know, if anyone listened to last week's show, I wasn't quite high on the Lucha Libre content uh, on last week's show. And I had high expectations for this week, and they did deliver. The very first match of the night was Gino Medina versus Senshi. This Ooh-hoo. itself was Fantastic! Um, I love love the dynamic, and they were really playing on Gino Medina being now this keeper of Lucha Libre, that all things Lucha Libre had to run through him. Um, they talked about his match with Gringo Loco from uh, several weeks ago, and um, I think you had mentioned that, Brendan, that some of that had to do with the tie-in of the the Loco name yes. um, and with with Gino's family, and that was alluded to in commentary now this week with Zenshi, it is he's really the only other luchador um I, I, I would say not involved with promociones Dorado <laughs> yeah. uh, on the roster right now. Uh so that um so so yeah, so that was uh, you know, his stance uh was to, you know, kind of regulate on Lucha Libre and kind of show Zenshi a led a, a lesson. Um there was some great moves between these two. It started off more of a technical style match. Um but then of course Zenshi with kind of his, his signature drop kick um in the beginning of his matches that took him that took Gino out of the ring. And then uh but really after that when he came back, Gino was pretty dominant through most of the match there was an interesting aspect in several times towards the end in which Gino tried to take off Zenshi's mask. And so, um, luckily the ref stopped, but that ended up creating a little bit of a distraction, um, for Gino to land a big kick to the back of Zinshi's head, um, which he's calling the eat the defeat kick. And that laid Zinshi out, um, and allowed Gino to make the pin for the win. So, uh, you know, it seems like Gino's on this mission, uh, to, you know, almost like a legado de fantasma-esque attitude mm-hmm. of he is the keeper of lucha libre but that does make it very interesting to see if he does cross paths with promociones dorado you know back last year at one point gino was choosing between promociones dorado and the dynasty to join he ended up choosing the dynasty that did not go well so who knows if promociones dorado makes another overture at gino medina well, uh, our sec oh, go ahead
1: Oh, just it's not even fully promoted in Dorado anymore. Oh, yes, so Azteca can,
2: Underground, yes. yes. So
1: you have a new wrinkle on that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that makes him more interested, or maybe that makes him less interested. Yes. There's there's some fun things that can come out of this. Yes.
2: Uh, our second lucha match of the night was Mil Muertes versus Gringo Loco. And again, this one uh, last week we had Mil Muertes versus Pero. Uh, you have another big Man in Gringo Loco, however Gringo works the lucha style And does it well, and this match Itself was a much, much better Improvement from last week's um, Already in the beginning, uh, Mil Muerte's is coming out with the open weight Championship, uh, so he still has That after attacking Alexander Hammerstone A few weeks ago Gringo Loco started off uh, With a, a back summer So really trying to, you know Showcase a little bit of fun, but Mill was having none of that, and ended up doing a spear on him very early on in the match. We also saw what seems to be going for his signature when he ends up knocking his opponent down and just wailing on him, not even looking for a pin, but just wailing the arms uh, to his opponent. They did have some movement outside of the ring, and um, that's also when Mil Muertes uh, put uh, Gringo Loco into the ring post. And we did see some interference from uh, Zelina de la Renta. However, Gringo Loco, just super impressive. He did an awesome diving corkscrew onto Muel Muertes. Um, If someone that size should not move that smoothly, but man, does he know how to do it. Um, However, we just see Muel Muertes does what he does best, and that's be dominant. He landed a big choke slam. On Gringo Loco before finishing with the straight to hell for the win. Um, afterwards, Alexander Hammerstone did lay out a challenge to Mil Muertes and they're going to be facing each other in two weeks, um, for the open weight championship. So, uh, a, a great, you know, where were these, you know, to, to the outstanding level, not necessarily, but again, going back to what MLW does best and showcasing lots of different styles of wrestling, even later on in that, you know, uh, in, in that episode, uh, you had a crazy, like, chain uh, match uh, chain, <laughs> between chain the Bon Chain rope yeah. match between the Von yeah. Eriks and uh, Team Filthy. So, you know, you can really get a whole variety of wrestling from MLW in just one show. Um, but if you're a Lucha fan, the two marquee matches from this week's episode, uh, I recommend. So go ahead and check those out. And then our final story of this week is NWA. Uh, this past Sunday, the 21st, they aired Back for the Attack in which we saw Thunder Rosa and Camille face off uh, for the number one contender spot for the Women's World Championship. (coughs) And as we kind of predicted, uh, Camille came out on top. Um, This is something that they've been kind of playing with for quite some time. Um, And we know Thunder Rosa is already very busy with her work in aew in you know mission pro in continuing to be on the independence and it you know the nwa has really put a lot of stock behind camille so she is now the number one contender for the nwa women's championship and i foresee her winning that from serena deep i I think that they are going to have her as the new champion sometime soon that also uh shows that or speaking of kind of when we're going to see this nwa power made its return this past tuesday um it, it is through fight tv though you do have to uh go through a paywall for it um but I think it's about five ninety nine a month uh for it. So talk about, you know, honor club and that pay rate, you can get uh, you know, your weekly episodes of power through Fight T V. But we are gonna see them back regularly, which means we may not see the NWA Women's Championship on AEW television. Um, that is kind of a shame because I think going back to you know some good crossover opportunities, seeing uh, someone of Camille's stature on AEW television would really, really help elevate the women's division. But the good news for NWA is that they have regular programming back. And speaking of, there are signs that point towards the nwa signing alex gracia um she had a match against camille this past week on power and it seems like something that was alluded to um again with thunder rosa really bringing out and helping showcase the talent in texas um it would be a great opportunity for her to be a part of the nwa and also for the nwa to get a quite a snag and her, she's already been featured um, on AEW television on Dark, mm-hmm. very popular throughout the independent circuit. And, you know, if the NWA is really looking to strengthen their women's division, being able to snag someone like her is a great opportunity.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh. You you mentioned Thunder Rosa and Mission Pro. Uh, I just... Dave, Mission Pro has still been putting on programming this whole time, too, so mm-hmm. she has been super busy with that. Uh, they just – someone, while I was watching the uh, the AEW feed, was, had mentioned uh, – wanted to congratulate Thunder Rosa on having a really great show that they saw live at Mission Pro. He said, quote, last week. So, I mean, they're yeah, – Yeah.
2: They're running monthly still.
1: Yeah. Uh, doing, so uh, –
2: Yes. So they're, they're, they're doing that. Speaking of, uh, someone who's been featured in Mission Pro quite often that just got signed to AEW, uh, Red Velvet. Um, that, that came out today. So I think that's fantastic that that's, um, happening. Um, because yeah, but they've featured even just that, like Nyla Rose was on there, um, on their previous show, uh, uh trying to remember who else. But they've been running they've been running monthly. Yes. Yep. So um they're busy. She's also still part of the dojo. Um friend of the show, Mr. Iguana, has been making the rounds in Texas, and I know they've yes. been uh interacting and they'd had some time together as well. So um glad to see them uh back together. And it seems like um Mr. Iguana quite enjoyed his time in Texas. Yes. Uh, but keep on checking Mission Pro Wrestling. Their next show um, is called Locked and Loaded. Um, you could check out Mission Pro Wrestling on social media for information. And those shows are um, available on the Title Match Network. Um, that's the same as GCW and lots of other independent wrestling promotions are featured on Title Match. So if you're interested uh, to check out those shows and to possibly purchase the next Mission Pro Wrestling show, uh, check out. Check out Title Match Network. And well, for us here at the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, that is it. Another edition done. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you check out luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things lucha libre. And you could check out Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram at lucha central and on twitter at LuchaCentralcom. com we've told you so much about the youtube page so you might as well go check it out our wrap-up is there of expo lucha the actual expo lucha is on there lots of matches and interviews are available on the lucha central youtube page while you're at it go ahead and follow us on social media dusty where can I listeners find you
3: yeah i'm on facebook at facebook.com slash dusty murphy And on Instagram, at Dusty
2: Murphy. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you?
1: Uh, I am 321. That's the numbers, 321 and t-shirt guy. So 321, t-shirt guy, and I'm at uh, Instagram. I'm on the Facebook, and I am all over Twitter. All over Twitter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. As we told you in the beginning of the show, we have a new Facebook group, Lucha Central Weekly News. So if you're interested, that's where we're going to be posting some exclusive information there. As Dusty mentioned, he posted some interesting copyright or trademark information he found um, last week when it came to Andrade and Charlotte Flair, that was posted on the Lucha Central Weekly News Facebook group. Uh, we also have uh, Content Pep posts all of the uh, Match of the Days and uh, This Day in Lucha Libre links on there. If you're an independent promotion, you can go ahead and post your stuff in there as well. Uh, articles, interviews, lots of content from Lucha Central is also posted up there. Um, and just lots of fun stuff. So again, Lucha Central Weekly News on Facebook. You can be uh, send an invite to be added to the group, and an administrator will let you in. Thank you all again so much for joining us. We will be back next week, so make sure you stay tuned for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr. I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much, and we will be back next week.